Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Hey, wait a minute. What's the name of your church? Real life Christian church. Real life. Get real with another edition of Think About It. Real life messages from Pastor Dennis Rasper from Real Life Christian Church. And now, let's listen to the message from Pastor Rasper. This is part 11. And the lie this week is very, 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 very extremely subtle. It's, it's even more subtle than this lie of entitlement. It's called the green lie. This extreme emphasis on the environment. And this is not a, per- listen, you got to know this is not personal opinion. I mean, I do a lot of listening and a lot of reading. I listen to very respected Christian teachers. They all say the same thing. I mean, the green lie, this, the, you know, blowing this PETA thing and this green thing way out of proportion. Now, you got to know, first of all, I'm not an expert on this. I'm, I'm not a meteorologist. I'm not a geologist or one who studies quality of the air and the water. But I listen and I read. I read a lot. And I um, remember talking in a message a while ago about global warming and everybody believes there's global warming today, but I listened to a panel of Christian experts on Focus on the Family, and these guys were geologists, they were physicists, they were climatologists, and they were from the best countries and institutions all over the world, and every one of them said there is no such thing as global warming. And they all said that um, the earth runs in cycles. It runs in cycles every, you know, 10 to 20 years, and it warms, and the ice melts at the poles, and the polar bears struggle to survive, and some of them die, and so on and so forth. And then the earth cools down, the polar bears are fine. But if you remember, in the late 70s and early 80s, the same people who are promoting global warming were promoting global cooling and getting all kinds of fun, and we had funds for this. And, and, and what were we thinking about in, 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 in 85? Another ice age. Now, now you got you to want, so you see that the earth runs, I, I'm no expert. I mean, I just know the earth runs in cycles. I trust these people I hear in this panic. Uh, this, I mean, they were experts on focus on the family and, and, and other resources. So why global warming? Paul said it to Timothy, the love of money is a root of all evil, right? And they get these enormous, enormous grants, enormous grants to study this thing, see? It's all going to come down to this eventually. That's what this panel on, on focus on the family said. It's going to come down to, um, you know, the only way to stop global warming is there's too many people on this earth, and that's how it feeds right into the devil's plan, see? And in China, they're already aborting female babies. They're aborting the second child. They euthanize some older people and disabled people. And that's all coming our way. I hope you understand that. And it all in the name of global warming and, 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 and the environment. I mean, honey, your dad's getting up there in years, and your dad demands a lot of medication and care. Well, you know, I guess it's right. I'm helping the environment, so they give him a shot, put him out of his misery. And Folks, that is how the devil works. That is um, subtle deception. Hey, I, I read about this developer in New Jersey. He bought 100 acres of property. He invested in that property. Now, get this. I mean, he developed. He was a developer. And so he put in the streets. He put in the curbs. He put in the sores. And he even had street lights on some streets. And then some environmentalists came along, and they discovered a rare bird on that property. And I'm not kidding you. This is a true story. The court shut that developer down. I mean, he had street lights in that place. He had curbs. He had sores. He had, he had, he had, he had paved streets in that thing, see? And along comes some environmentalists. They see this bird, you know, and they shut him down and say, this is now a bird, a, a bird sanctuary you can't build here. And I thought about this and I said, we are caretakers of God's creation. And you got to look at this whole thing biblically. I mean, you just can't be against against. You got to look at this whole thing biblically. In Genesis 1:26, the Bible says, then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them rule over the fish. So rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, 
livestock over all the earth and over all creatures that move along the ground. Let them rule, see. So God created man, what? In his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over it, rule over the fish, the birds, every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant, etc., etc. So what does that all tell us? Creation was made for two reasons. Number one, the glory of God. So we could magnify God by looking at his creation. But number two, for the benefit of man. The creation, the earth... Everything about creation is for, I give you, I give you this, I give you that. It's for, I mean, just read it. It's for the benefit of man. Man is not for the benefit of the earth. And the devil has that whole thing. See, I said he makes right, wrong, and wrong, right. Twists this whole thing upside down. And then I look at Genesis 2.15, and here's our responsibility. The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden to work it and take care of it. I'm quoting. It's the original Hebrew. Put him in the garden to work the garden and take care of it. And so that's a mandate to you and me. He was take care of the creation. That word is for you and me too. So I thought, what can I do? I mean, there's stuff I can do. Um, I came up with a bunch of stuff. I can recycle plastic that doesn't disintegrate. I can conserve energy and keep the heat at a certain level. I can plan my schedule so I can do two or three things in one trip so I don't waste gas. I can make sure I do all these things. Point is, there's a lot you can do, we, we can do, you and me, to protect the environment. And that's just obedience to Genesis chapter 1 and 2. It's just obedience to God's command. But the deal is, and this is a very subtle lie, Satan's blowing this environmental thing way, way out of proportion. And a lot of this message has to do with what's important, what's more important, and what's less important, and how we establish priorities. But this whole thing, this whole ecology thing, begins with the doctrine of man. I mean, what does the Bible say about man in God's place of creation? We just read it, Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created man, male and female, he created them. And so there's a lot of doctrine, a lot of theology on this whole deal about, about the doctrine, about, about the image of God. But let me bring it down to basics. This is where it begins. God created man wholly like himself. That's basically, I mean, there's much more to the image of God, but basically it means man was created wholly, just like God. The first man and the first woman were created without sin, but then they fell into sin. I mean, the devil said to the woman, eat this and you'll be like God. And that was very attractive to the woman. That was very appealing to the woman to eat that fruit and she'd have the same, um, the same power and control that God had. And I believe that when she gave her husband the fruit, she kind of seduced him. I believe that when she sinned, she, um, she came, became very aware of her seductive powers. And she said... Here's this fruit, honey. You eat it. Or if you don't want your drinks cut, you, you, you just eat this fruit, see? And so Adam chose intimacy with a person over intimacy with God. And you tell me that's not subtle deception. But we need to understand that God created man holy to begin with. And then man sinned, and that sin corrupted his nature, and that comes down to every one of us. And the good news is Jesus paid for those sins. And when you finally admit and accept the fact that you can't, you can't please God with your own good works apart from Jesus Christ, but you have to accept his perfection, his goodness, and his righteousness, and then, for Jesus' sake, God literally forgives your sins and gives you eternal life. And then he places part of himself in you, the Holy Spirit. And when he places part of himself in you, he, he breaks the bondage to sin. And this is your memory passage for today. This is a great passage. This is in 1 John. This is chapter 4, verse 4. He said, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. Now listen, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. 
So who's the one who is in you? The Holy Spirit, right? And who's the one who is in the world? Devils, demons, Satan. You see, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world or controls the world. That's Satan. And that means that you have a power in you right now to break that bondage to sin. You don't have to sin those same sins you're always sinning. I mean, you don't have to do it, but you've got to tell yourself that, see? And what that means, I mean, because the Spirit is in us, we are moving toward holiness again. Man lost it in the garden, but the image of God is being restored in each believer as we move toward holiness, and we will be holy one day in heaven with Jesus. Psalm 8, verse 5, you made man a little lower than the Elohim. That's the Hebrew, Psalm 8, verse 5. And there's a marginal note in your NIV Bible that says, you've made him a little lower than God himself. So God is the highest being. You've got to get the order of creation. God is the highest being. What's the next highest being? You've made him a little lower than Elohim, God himself. Man is the next highest order of creation. God, then man, then angels, then animals, then plants, and then all the rest. That's the order of creation. God gave to man something he gave to no one else, a rational mind, so we could actually know God and figure out this creation. He gave us immortal souls. Nothing in all creation has a rational mind at all and an immortal soul except man, see? And what the devil has done, see, he is, the, he is the epitome of God's creation. And what the devil has done is this. He's led people to believe because of this green lie that man is on the same level with plants, animals, earth, sky, water, air, and all that nonsense. And I know Cheryl and I have... We've had pets all of our lives, and pets are God's gift to us, and, and they're, part of, they're like part of our families, and I'm sure it is for you, too. And, and I watched this commercial. Have you ever seen this commercial? I mean, this is kind of a sad commercial. This pedigree dog, the, the pedigree dog food commercial about the, these dogs that are being adopted, and here, they show the one dog that's not being adopted. Ever see that? They show the one dog that's not being adopted, such a precious dog, and the look at his face. He's almost got like a smile on his face. Remember that? Remember that commercial? And you feel so bad, it rips your heart out. Then, of course, we have to do everything to protect these lesser, and I emphasize that word lesser, lesser forms of life. But you know what, folks? Sometimes we give more attention, love and affection, compassion to animals than we do to people. And you've got to know Matthew 12. You've got to know Matthew chapter 12. Beginning in verse 9, it says this, going on from there, talking about Jesus, going on from that place, he went into their synagogue. So get the picture. He's going into a synagogue, a small church in Galilee, okay? And, and a man with a shriveled hand, King James withered hand, was there looking for a reason to, and looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So there's this guy with this withered hand, shriveled hand. And they say, you're going to heal this guy? So they said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? See, it's against our rules. And he said to them, if any of you has a sheep and, and that sheep falls into a pit on the Sabbath and sheep make money for people, see, will you not take hold of it and grunt and groan and sweat and work and lift it out? Now look at this. And then Jesus looked him in the eye and he said, and you got to get this, how much more valuable God said this, God said this, God said this, I didn't say this. How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? How much more valuable is a man or a person than a sheep or a whale or a polar bear or a dog or a cat or any kind of a pet? And the devil has our culture believing this green lie, part of which is people are not the highest being in God's creative order. 
not made in the image of God. You know what that leads to? We can be kinder to our pets and our husbands or wives. And I know guys like this. Listen, I know people like this. Maybe you do too. I know guys will take better care of their dogs than they do of their wives, and that's a sin. They'll pay more attention, spend more money on stuff like that. They'll pay more attention to their dogs than they will to their wives. And I know women who warm up to their cats more than their husband, and that's a sin. See, and when you believe the green lie and you diminish people in God's order of creation, it's very easy to get legalistic like the Pharisees who were more concerned about their Sabbath laws than they were about this guy with the shriveled hand. They didn't care about him. They cared about their laws. That's easy to happen. It's easy to lose genuine compassion. It really is easy to lose compassion. And then what do we say when we lose compassion? You know what you say? You say, you made your bed, now you you lay in it or something like that, don't we? Oh, I've said that. Oh, you know what else we say? We say, I told you so, and you didn't listen. The environment, folks, is important, but it's not more important than people. And so we need to examine our hearts, and I include myself. And if you've ever said, I told you so, or you had choices, you know, you got yourself into this mess, so get yourself out, then what you need to do, you know, is you need to go home, and you need to get on the phone and talk to these people. And you understand that guy in, in that synagogue with the shriveled hand. God, God cares about those people. Even though they messed up their life, he hurts with them. And, and you need to call those people and you need to say, how can I help you? You need to turn this thing around and say, how can I help you? And understand, yeah, people do mess up their lives. Sure they do. And maybe you did warn them. But so have you and I messed up our lives. And tell me that you always listened when someone told you, from a little, had a little bit more common sense and told you what to do. And you didn't listen. It's happened to you. And so you befuddle your life, and finally you go to God, and you say, Father, I really messed up my life. And God says, I told you so. God says, you made your bed, now you lie in it, right? No, God doesn't say that. He says, he says, he says you're my child, and there's consequences for what you did. It's going to hurt, but you, you turn to me, and we'll turn this thing around, me and you together. That's what God says to you. God doesn't say, you made your bed, now you lie in it. God doesn't say, I told you so. He didn't say that. He works with you. He works, he, he, he gets you through your pain, okay? See, the green lie, the green lie, that man is not the epitome of God's creation, um, makes people who believe that lie devalue themselves. They say, I'm no important to God than my pet or some polar bear, or some bird in a tree or the land or something like that. And when we devalue ourselves and don't see how God has loved and cherished us, or how loved and cherished we are by our Father, when you devalue yourself and don't see how cherished you are by God your Father, you know, you're missing the best stuff in life. (laughs) You really are missing the best stuff in life. And you know what happens? And here's a word I dislike immensely. Maudlin. We get maudlin. And I I dislike that word immensely because I never want to be that way. You know what maudlin means? It means means drippy. I mean, you're dripping with self-pity. We call it maudlin sentimentality. Devaluing yourself kills joy. But when you know and you got to think like this. This all begins up here. you got to think like this. When you know that you are the most important person in the world to the Lord because you're created in the image of God, and you got to make this your own, that he actually died in your place. He took a place on a cross for you. Think like that, see? Died for you, then you're going to live a life of victory and joy. But devils want you maudlin. The green lie has all sorts of subtle consequences. You know, when you believe this green lie, that people are not the ultimate, the summit of God's creation, that we're on the same level with the earth and animals and all that stuff, man, then it's, it's easy to choose to be alone. I'm not saying you think like this, but that could be behind it. Pe- people choose to be alone. You know, when, when you think like this, that people are not the summit of God's creation, um, 
then people won't be all that important to you and you'll get in this comfortable routine where you don't seek people out and you prefer, I said you prefer, you choose to be alone. You would rather be alone than with people. And don't tell me that doesn't happen. It happens. And what happens when you're alone a lot? You get all focused on yourself. And you get, and here comes this word again, you get maudlin. Listen, God wants us to be with people as much as possible, to give away what we have. He's put good stuff in us to give away. People bless each other. The Bible says that, Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. We need each other, man, I'll tell you. God wants you to say yes to people as much as possible. The devil wants you to magnify all those little things, see, and blow them way out of proportion. All, all, you know, the, the green lie is behind a lot of this, okay? When we don't make people the most important part of God's whole, whole plan, his creation, then we can get legalistic, we can devalue ourselves, we can choose to be alone, and more. And more, you know, more can happen. You know, we'll just devalue. You know, we won't put that priority on people. And then and, and that's right where devils want you to be. And here's something else about the green lie, too, and that, that devils promote. You see, the green lie gives birth to idolatry. The earth has become a god to lots of people. Take care of the earth, take care of the water, take care of the air. And I do that, and we should, but why? Why do we take care of the earth, the environment, the water, the air, and all that stuff? Because I'll tell you, we have a mandate from God. This is Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, now listen, and take care of it. So we have a mandate from God to take care of this creation, and we do all this environmental stuff. Why do we do it? Out of obedience to God, and when you obey God, you honor Him, and that's our motive, okay? But more and more people are into all this green stuff because they believe the earth. Now, now hear me, because this is so true. The earth itself produces food, grain, vegetables, fruits, by its own power and not by God's. In other words, you plant something in the ground, and then you've got this earth that's got its own power to create life in that seed. And folks, that is idolatry. To give that attribute of being able to create life to anything but God is pure idolatry. And there's a name for this. It's called Gaia. G-A-I-A. It's the Gaia religion. And more and more people are into Gaia. Whenever people say... Mother Earth or Mother Nature. Okay, that's Gaia. And that's idolatry. And so here's one, one little thing you can do to offset this. One little thing. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. This is a big deal. You can thank God for your food and let people know. In the presence of unbelievers, or in the presence of all people, seriously, you can thank God for your food and let people know that food is from God. See, we did this a couple of times last week. Sean and I went out a bunch of times last week. And, with some, and some of these people were, frankly, unbelievers. And so we were at a restaurant with them, and they brought the dinner, and they said, and I said, hey, before we eat, why don't we thank God for this? And in each time, and I'm serious about this, each time they thank me, which is saying that we never do this in our own personal life. And yeah, we need to be reminded that this is from God. And, you know, in your own prayers, you know, don't forget to thank God for these daily things. Don't forget to thank God for food. 
I mean, that'll do something to obliterate that lie of Mother Earth or Mother Nature, see? I mean, don't just thank God for the obvious when you're spared some big calamity. Thank Him for food. You know, sometimes Cheryl and I'll just say, you know, come Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. And our kids will say boring, you know, but it's an acknowledgement. That that's an acknowledgement. See, it's an acknowledgement that you understand. I mean, it's good to say something like that because it's an acknowledgement that you understand you don't believe this Gaia nonsense. That food, clothes, house, home, people, the people around that table are all gifts of a loving father. The environment has become the most important thing to a lot of people. And folks, it should not be. That should not be. The environment is a good thing, but is it the most important thing? Of course it's not. The subtlety of the green lie is that it distorts priorities. I mean, certain things are more important than others. I mean, I just look at Philippians... Paul's prayer for his church, his Philippian church. And Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, he says, This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best. Discern what is best. If you've got a King James, approve which is that which is excellent. My prayer is that you discern what is best and approve the excellent and may be pure and blameless until the day of the coming of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, go after the best, discern the best, go after the excellent. And what's he mean? He means so you can be pure and blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he said, you know, what is the best? Anything that contributes to people's eternal life. That's, that's what's best. I mean, you talk about going after the best. John chapter 12 I mean, we're talking about going after the best, okay? In John chapter 12, Jesus is at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. This is after he raised Lazarus from the dead. He's at their home, John chapter 12, verse 2. And it says, here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor, and Martha served. And while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him, Mary took about a pint of pure nard, now listen, an expensive perfume, okay? And she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Now listen to this. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money the prophets taken and given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now listen to what Jesus said. This is verse 10. Leave her alone. This, this, this ointment was, was intended that she should save, what well, was intended, it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial because this nard, this perfumed oil had, had myrrh in it. Now listen to this. You will always have the poor, but you will not always have me. Good, better, best. The devil tries to distort your values. Is it good to give to the poor? Of course it's good to give to the poor. That's a good thing. But it is better to pour that expensive oil over Jesus' feet and worship him, or however you choose to worship him. It's good to give to the poor, but priorities say to exalt him. This is what Jesus is saying, to exalt me, to elevate me in your heart and before men is far more important than this very good thing of giving to the poor. We're talking about what you regard as important, what you value. The devil wants to make you put the, the, the economy, or I'm sorry, the, the environment right up here and the, the environment should not be right up there. I mean, what are you going to give yourself to? I mean, think about the environment. Where is the environment? You've got to ask yourself this question. If you're all into this environmental stuff, where, 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 is, where is the environment going? What's going to happen to it? And this doesn't mean we shouldn't take care of it, but let me just show you its end. 2 Peter chapter 3. I need my glasses. What verse is this? 12. Okay. That day, listen, listen. That day, the day of the Lord, will bring about the destruction of the heavens by what? By fire. 
that's all the planets and all that stuff, and, and the elements, that's the earth, will melt in the heat. Now, you take this book, Acts and Facts, you read by Dr. Henry Morris, who's now with Jesus, and he says, this, this intense heat, this fire, that will destroy the earth at the end of the world, okay, it is the heat of fusion, and the world will, will be destroyed instantaneously, and all the corruption in the earth, all the sin, all the taint of sin will be removed and, and, and recreated by God immediately. This is all going to happen instantaneously. But where's this environment going, folks? Think about that. Where's it all going? It's going to be burned up. And so he asked the question, verse 14, Peter, God asked this through Peter. The Holy Spirit inspired this. So then, dear friends, since, since you're looking forward to this and know it's going to happen, what should you be doing? Make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with God. So what should you be doing? I mean, what should be your highest priority? Spotless, blameless, and at peace with God. And that only happens by trusting in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Not your works, not Mary, not saints, not Christ plus nothing else. And as you take time in God's word and God's mind and God's heart, you will develop a sense of God's heart. I can't tell you how important that is, man. You've got to get into God's mind and God's heart. You've got to be in that word of God. And as you're in that word of God and as you're into prayer, and I want to say something, the word comes before prayer. In your devotional time, always put the word before prayer, always. And then pray the word back to God. Pray the word back to God. That Listen, that's how you do it. Word first, prayer second in your devotional time, and then pray the word back to God. But anyway, as you read the word of God, see, you're going to get a heart for God. You're, you're, you're going to develop God's sense of priorities, and, and, and you'll find yourself crying out for lost people. Think About It is sponsored by Real Life Christian Church. Real Life Christian Church meets in Endeavor Middle School, 22505 26 Mile Road just west of North Avenue in Ray, Michigan. Sunday service starts at 10 a.m. Visit us on the web at rlcc.us. Never miss a single message from Pastor Rasper. Just go to faithtalk1500.com and download the Real Life Podcast. And until next week, may God's Word do a work in you. Real Life Christian Church. Get real.